0: This is Laura Deirdo with the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. I'm thrilled today to be joined by Liz Cochran, Operations Executive, fulfilling the role of COO at Adventist Health Glendale in Glendale, California. Liz, it's a pleasure to have you on the podcast today. Thank you for having me. I um, think that uh, this conversation as well as our discussion will uh, be fun. Fantastic. Well, before we jump into the questions, could you please introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about your background as well as the points of pride at Adventist Health Glendale? Sure. So
1: I feel like I've been very fortunate because I've been working in healthcare now for over 35 years. This has given me a broad opportunity to do many things. But I, I would have to say where it started, which is being a respiratory care practitioner, and that interestingly right now has prepared me for the healthcare crisis that we're facing today because COVID is a respiratory disease. And interestingly, the crisis overall is um, suiting me, you know, perfectly. I think for the unique um, I guess it would be the responsibilities and and the oversight of the challenges, but it also helps me to support in so many of the areas that I have responsibility managing. I also spent 23 years working at Kaiser Permanente, where I was given many hospital and and clinical uh, leadership opportunities to grow and and to manage things that previously as a respiratory care practitioner, um, I would not have been able to do. So it even included, uh, interestingly, managing hospital construction projects, very large ones, and it's put, it put me in a different direction for a little while, but it also lent itself to uh, expose me to all department operations, and so that that increased my skill set, and that was actually a very fortunate thing to do. And then I also worked for a standalone children's hospital here in Los Angeles, um, very recognized, and then ultimately became a COO six years ago. So the points of pride for Adventist Health Glendale is that we have received now our 12th grade A from LeapFrog. That puts us in the top 3% in the nation. And we also received a CMS five-star rating. This is re- very, very um, a, a big deal <laughs> uh, as it ranks us top, the top 12 among 130 hospitals, uh, at least within hospitals within U.S. News and, the World, and World Report which then puts us in the top 10% in Southern California and the top percent in the state of California. In 2020, the other thing that I'm very happy about, but also um, one that I feel despite the COVID um, pandemic and the urgency in which we were trying to manage through it, we also initiated a clip and Watchman program here. This thereby completing our structural heart program. Uh, It's important because we had already started to do it. We had a pause, and then when we had a chance, we went ahead and, and initiated in the midst of everything that was going on. So I'm very happy about that because it definitely provides a big service to our community.
0: That's fantastic to hear, Liz. Thank you so much for going through that with us. Now, how are you approaching growth over the next five years at Glendale? Well, the Adventist Health System overall is now
1: focusing on addressing health disparities and making strides in health education, healthy eating, understanding prevention, and working in collaboration in our communities through partnerships with other local industries. You know, their strategy is not only to be a healthcare organization, but to be an expert in health and well-being. Our location here at Glendale has developed also, in conjunction with those other efforts, a robust strategic plan and it's become our compass as we successfully grow service line and expand our reach in the communities we serve. We've continuously surveil the landscape here uh, because we want to adapt and respond to areas of focus that address our goals and thereby being more preemptive as well as that of um, um, reactive. And I think that's really suited and put us in a good position. We also continue to concentrate on safe and high-quality care you know, one that is affordable and accessible and accessible to all of our population. Um, I think that that has helped us develop a name, a destination site for our service lines, as well as recognition of our safety.
0: Fantastic! That sounds like you've done a lot of work there, really, there's a lot to look forward to in the future as well. What are you most excited about right now, or what makes you most nervous?
1: Well, that's a, that's a good question. So I'd have to say as I think through that is, you know, I'm most excited right now about what's going on in healthcare. I would say that the way healthcare, the healthcare industry as a whole has managed over a year now of being in this pandemic, you know, there's so many examples of heroic acts by professionals as well as all of our personnel who either directly or, or support uh, behind the scenes have come through this. And I feel in watching it firsthand, everyone uniting and, um, you know, uh, working together as they face these extraordinary events with dedication and compassion. It's very hard to do, but especially after a year, this wasn't just a little month-long con- you know, big problem. It's, it's over a year now, and I, I think that says a lot. What I'm most nervous about is probably that ability to continue to adapt to an unpredictable pandemic environment. We know that no one can exactly tell us when things will go back to normal, but I'm, I'm feeling optimistic and hopeful that, you know, we'll make it through with the resilience that our team has as well as support for all of our staff because things are very different. Um, I think the other thing is that, you know, we wanna be able to have uh, the ability for our staff and our physicians um, to be able to feel like their fatigue and their um, work that they're doing is still monumental to what we need to do in order to be uh, able to care for this particular disease. And we don't feel that it'll go away. In fact, we feel it'll be a service line because so much is happening and continues to be understood and, and brought out as things are studied further and further.
0: Absolutely, that's really interesting to think about. So, for your staff, when you're looking at obviously the past year has been a really challenging one all the way around, is there anything that you are doing with staff or, or physicians um, to just make sure that they're not feeling too overworked or overstressed? You know, we, we do. We have a resilience committee, one that consists
1: of caregivers and non caregivers to talk about firsthand what's going on on the floors and what needs to be addressed most, as well as where. You know, it varies. If you're working, for example, in our ICUs and the wear and tear of what you're seeing and fatiguing of seeing the same thing every day, you know, really takes a toll, both for physicians and staff. So we, we, have, we have that group that provides programs, support teams and groups that are done by teams right now, as well as things individually so that they can get... Um, professional help if they really feel that they need it, but someone to talk to someone that they can um, spend some time understanding sort of what it is they're feeling so that you know they can be directed appropriately. So we do that and we also have a mission where we have chaplains on site for um, uh, supporting our team. And they actually go onto the floors and um, you know talk to our staff and I mean, even myself I feel it's it's, it's reassuring when they talk to you because it reminds us of what it is we're doing, why we're doing it, and um, what we may be feeling. And it's been not only comforting, but it's also one that makes you feel as though you're not the only one going through this right now.
0: Got it. That makes sense. I'm sure is very helpful for all the staff and clinicians involved. Now, before we wrap up our conversation, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about leadership. What are your top three pieces of advice for aspiring leaders today?
1: You know, this is one that I, I give to all those that I mentor as well as those who ask. And I, I you know it's a great opportunity to be able to talk about this. Um, the big three pieces of advice I have is. Don't be afraid to stretch your skills by seeking ways to engage in activities and/or projects where you can grow because this will expand expertise as well as give, as give somebody the experience to take on challenges. And it also shows to leadership that you have the capacity to adapt to change and learn uh, new things. Secondly, get, get involved in your community either by volunteering or joining a board. And spend time networking in your profession with other seasoned leaders by asking to be introduced by someone who knows you both. Learning what others do and what helped them to be successful is a good way to understand what leaders do outside your organization. And oftentimes these things lead to connections that can either result in a job opportunity or it could provide an opportunity to have a mentor. Um, it's, it's nice when you seek out talking to others because you really ex- start to expand your understanding of what's happening, particularly in your community, and or uh, are things that you're interested in learning more about. And lastly, it's always a good idea to be introspective and assess your leadership skills that you'd like to sharpen. And, you know, we often get 360s or we get feedback and performance um, appraisals oftentimes, but the real work is really yourself, surveilling kind of what it is you've been successful in doing and what are the areas that either you don't feel so strong about or that you feel you've heard that is something you need to work on. So find someone that you trust to give you honest feedback and help you with the areas you're working on. It could be a presentation, it could be business cases. Um, and then lastly, uh, as part of that, I, I would say, you know, dress for the job that you want, not the job that you're in. You know, others will begin to see you in the role that you're striving to be in. And stay relevant, read and stay current with information about what's happening in the healthcare industry, if that's that's a continued interest of yours, because it rapidly is changing and um, things that were predictable even 10 years ago to today look very different.
0: That's great advice, Liz. Thank you so much. I think to summarize your points really number one being uh, don't be afraid to stretch your skills and try new projects number two getting involved in community volunteering as well as networking with others in your field number three being introspective and assessing the leadership in, in terms of what you're able to do and your leadership skills so that is really great advice and i really appreciate you being here today i look forward to connecting with you again in the future
1: thank you so much it was a pleasure.
0: Thank you for tuning in to the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. Wherever you may be listening, don't forget to subscribe or follow our podcast to stay up to date on the latest episodes. You can also check out our other podcasts available at beckershospitalreview.com slash
1: podcasts.